The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills. And here we are, our latest episode, not long after the Buffalo Bills 32-30 to defeat over the Arizona Cardinals. And understand a lot of fans certainly disappointed with the way that game ended. Um, I fall into that category, but always try to keep some things in perspective. And I think as we have the episode today, I'm not going to try to dwell too much on that because I think as you go through with it, one, you've probably heard that from like, 50 other podcasts already, and that is perfectly fine and good. But you know me, I always try to focus a bit more on the positive where I can. So I've got a few news-related items I'll kind of share with you today and then jump in. I want to talk a little bit about some wide receivers with you as well. Um, Originally, I was going to have Greg Thompson from Cover One on the podcast today. He's kind of been making the rounds a bit, talking about free agency and some of the Buffalo Bills pending free agents uh, that will be up for contracts at the end of this season. Um, And I'll have Greg on a future episode. He's going to be talking to Joe Marino this week. He was on with Nate Geary the other day, and I figured he might need a little bit of a break as opposed to the overkill of having him do too many shows at this time. So we'll definitely have Greg on a future episode. So we'll let you guys know about that, and you can keep an eye out. Um, Also this weekend, going to be doing a bit of a Megapod, combining four different shows into one. Joe uh, Marino from Locked On Bills will be joining me, along with Jay Spence the King from the Code of Conduct show, and Bruce Nolan from the Bruce Exclusive. So we'll be recording that this weekend uh, to kind of help you get through the buy. Not to say that uh, a podcast with the four of us (laughs) is anything to replace uh, a Buffalo Bills game on a Sunday afternoon. But uh, it's been a while since I've kind of caught up with those guys, and I thought it would be fun, you know, just to kind of have the four of us together talking about where things are in the season and a few hot topics. So um, keep an eye out for that. We'll be recording this weekend, and that will be out. So that's that's always a lot of fun. I've done it in the past with some different guys, try to mix it up every time that we do, and I think it'll be something that you guys certainly will enjoy. Um, Speaking of positives, and I know there's not a whole lot of positives when you think about coming out of a loss, but um, one thing that I certainly took away from from Sunday's defeat is uh, I'll just call it the generosity of the Arizona Cardinals fans. And it started from the Arizona Cardinals Reddit group and really just saying kind of the respect that they had for Bills fans and Bills Mafia and 
fans that were in the stands engaging with Bills fans or those online engaging with Bills fans. Um, and they really kind of took it up themselves to to donate to the Oshai Children's Hospital in honor of Josh Allen's grandmother. And, you know, I think you look at those pieces and how that is taken off. And a lot of times, right, we talk about the respect that the Buffalo Bills get as a franchise and how other fan bases look at us. Um, I truly think that is one of the pieces, right, that definitely stands out when you think about what this team is and what it has become and the respect that a visiting fan base would have for Josh Allen and just uh, his family and what's going on. Maybe part of that is in light that it does come the week after the Bills beat their arch rival in the uh, Seattle Seahawks. But with that being said, I just looked at it and, you know, 2020 has certainly been a, a different year. Um, in many ways because of the pandemic. And anytime you're online, you've got people fighting about the pandemic. They're fighting about politics or the election. You, I see Bills fans fighting with each other online after the game. And then you just take a step back and you see something good like this. And, uh, you know, to me, it's like one of those reminders. Sometimes you get some of the knuckleheads online and you try to do your best to avoid that. And you just you, you take a pause and you look at some of the good and you see those Arizona Cardinals fans stepping up. And there certainly have been fans from other fan bases, too, that have been donating um, along with that. And I think that is that is truly, truly remarkable from that standpoint. So I just uh, my, you know, uh, tip of the cap to uh, to the Arizona Cardinals fans. You know, I think sometimes after a game like that and what takes place, you see some fan bases get a little petty with each other. Um, but to me, that's one of the cooler things that I have certainly, certainly seen in some time. So, so again, right, like regardless of what happened with the game, um, you know, anything that benefits charity in such a fashion, to me, I think is something that's truly, truly remarkable. So I felt it was necessary to point that out. Um, one thing, I don't want to call it a negative that I'm going to kind of point out, but I am trying to get a little bit of a better understanding around is is what is taking place with Mitch Morris. And I say that because when, uh, what would it have been? It would have been on, on Monday, right? Sean McDermott had his press conference. And things there certainly seemed a bit off when he was answering some questions around Mitch Morris, right? Saying that it was a coach's decision, um, but that he wasn't being benched, but he was healthy enough to play and just kind of a lot of head scratching, right, that that goes along with that. And I think there's a couple of different ways you can look at it. Um, in some ways, it was certainly a question of like, okay, well, is Mitch Morris being benched? Um, for many fans, certainly not hoping that was the case, right? Because if you think, one, the contract that Morris played, but two, the way that he has played this season, three, the struggles that the Bills have had at the guard position with Ike Botker and uh, Brian Winters, right, who have flashed in a good way at times, but more often than not, we have definitely seen some of those struggles. Um, so it would just be like, hey, if Mitch Morris is healthy, get him lined up at center, get John Feliciano back at one of the guard positions, put, uh, you know, Butker or uh, or Winters there. And, uh, you know, hopefully after the bye, we've got Cody Ford back and you'll, you'll kind of have your starting five. So as you go through with this, right, and I, I say this like I don't want to come across as too critical of Sean McDermott because I think sometimes coaches are expected to be perfect in answering questions as it relates to the the media and certain things can – maybe they're just not as prepared with. Maybe they don't answer it as smoothly as they would like to. Um, 
you know, I think McDermott, honestly, on Monday was still annoyed about the loss from Sunday. I mean, I'm guessing that he did not sleep on Sunday night, regardless of the flight or what time he got home or whatever it may be, right, that, from that standpoint. But it just did not seem like he answered that question maybe as well as he would have liked to. And maybe it's one of those things like, hey, Mitch Morris, um, he's been cleared, but you know, maybe you just want to give him that extra week off. Obviously, with the bye week coming on, um, something along those lines, I think people could truly understand. Um, maybe as Mitch Morris has gone, you know, had his fifth concussion, maybe it's something for him that he's starting to question, you know, what his future in the NFL looks like. It just, like I said, it seemed like he fumbled the answer on that just a little bit. I don't want to skewer the coach because of that, because again, you do enough of press conferences, you talk about things. It's the day after a heartbreaking loss. Um, you know, I, I just feel like there's something that we're missing there. And I imagine we'll get some more um, coming after the bye week and this and that. But I certainly hope that Mitch Morris is okay after suffering that fifth concussion and along those same lines, um, that if he is healthy enough, that the team would see him as, you know, an integral piece in the starting center. And you get Cody Ford at, you know, left guard and you get John Feliciano at right guard. And let's try and get this running game fixed just a little bit. And said, I'm going to try and focus on the positive, so I'm not going to get into the running game today. But obviously, everybody's keeping an eye out on that Mitch Morris piece. Most importantly, again, his health um, after his fifth diagnosed concussion as a professional, um, just that he's okay. And if he is okay, you know, obviously, he's an integral piece to the Buffalo Bills offense, and you'd love to see him out on the field. So, you know, the other piece I'm going to talk to you about on the podcast today, and, and really the piece in you know, you go back and forth with this, and sometimes you're trying to think, like, what are you, what are you going to talk about each week? Um, I, you guys know I was on with Pat Moran last week, and you know, sometimes it's like, you know, there's guys I and I talk to him about, like a Joe Marino, right? Locked on Bills. He does this five days a week. All the credit in the world to him. One, just he's a professional. He's fun. He does a great job with it. But how he comes up with different topics five days a week, every day, every week of the year, um, is astounding to me. You know, you talk about somebody like uh, Bruce Nolan and just kind of the way his mind thinks and different topics and he analyzes it. Truly genius from that standpoint. And, and you come with it and it's like, okay, you've got a heartbreaking loss. Everyone has been talking about the play, right? DeAndre Hopkins. And it's just like, I don't want to go into it. I've watched the replay too many times. There's too much of it where you're just like, oh, that sucks, right? Like that's one you should be eight and two, but you're seven and three. I shouldn't complain about being seven and three. You know, you came into this stretch with the Cardinals and Seahawks and you said, hey, if you win one of these two, you're in good position and you win one of the two. And, you know, I don't want to come across like I'm complaining. So it's a little bit of like, what is it that I'm going to talk about that just from a from a positive from a positive sense? And for me, and I know I've gushed about it in the past before, you know, but you do look at it and it's like if you just take a step back as a Bills fan and you think of the season that Stefan Diggs is having at wide receiver for the Bills. It is something that's truly remarkable right now. Now, here we are through 10 games, right? So through 10 games, he's got 73 receptions on 102 targets for 906 yards. The 73 receptions and 906 yards both lead the NFL at this time. Now, last season through 14, 15 games, sorry, he only had 63 receptions through 15 games. Here he is through 10. He's got 73. His targets are already more than he had last season. 
and truly develop that rapport with Josh Allen. And, you know, what should have the story been this week, right? It should have been a game-winning touchdown pass from Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs, a remarkable throw, a remarkable catch against Patrick Peterson. That should have been the story for Bills fans. So as disappointing as the loss may be, you take that step back and you just think to yourself like, all right, you know what? That that loss isn't as crushing as it might have been in years past because you got Stefan Diggs on your team, right? And you look at these pieces and you think to yourself, this offseason, there were still plenty of questions, right? Well, if he wasn't happy in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, who's accurate, what's he going to be like with Josh Allen in Buffalo? And, you know, yeah, maybe he'll, you know, get 850 yards receiving and 60-some catches and this and that. You know, you go through with it. He is just at this point where he has just been a machine as a wide receiver. And I am truly just gushing as a fan. I'm not going to talk to you about routes that he runs or certain matchups or this and that. Y'all, you guys know there there are people that are much better than I am at that, and I am certainly not afraid to to say that. When you go through with these pieces, though, and you look at what he has done, right? This past game, ten receptions on eleven targets for ninety three yards and a touchdown against Seattle. Nine receptions on twelve targets for one hundred eighteen yards. Um, even against New England, right? Not a whole lot of passing in that game. Only 18 pass attempts. Nine of the targets went to Diggs for six receptions, 92 yards. Here is a guy that really from the jump, right, coming in this season, has been an absolute machine for the Buffalo Bills offense. And the rapport that he has with Josh Allen, you can just see how effective the two of them are together. And for me, when you come and you take a look at this and you just stop for a second, Right. Because it's again, it's hard. It's easy after a game like that to think what didn't work. This could have gone different. What would have happened here, this and that or anything. But you just stop and enjoy what Stefan Diggs is doing for the Buffalo Bills offense. For me, that is just a piece that makes this season so much fun. And I know, right, it's seven and three. The AFC is competitive. Can the Bills win the AFC East? The Dolphins are right on their tails. They should make the playoffs, but I'm not sure. All of these pieces, regardless of all of that, right, Stefan Diggs combined with Josh Allen is a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And it makes these games so much more enjoyable than they were. I mean, gosh, thinking back to 2018 again of Andre Holmes, Jeremy Curley, and Kelvin Benjamin as your starting wide receivers. Good gosh, right? You have got Stefan Diggs, who is just everything that you would want in a number one receiver. And I remember the time of the trade, and there were people that thought the Bills gave up a bit too much, right? For a guy that was um, disgruntled, might have been a problem, this and that. Okay, you give up pick number 22 and a wide receiver heavy draft and some mid-round picks and this and that. Whatever, man. Like, he is he, he is what you would hope that draft pick would become. And maybe it would be at a bit more of a cost-controlled price or this and that. But listen, man, I'm good. The rapport that these two have, I mean, he is going to be, he should be first-team All-Pro in my mind, right, as you look at things. Maybe he'll end up being second-team, depending on how they they do the balloting. I mean, certainly Devontae Adams has been great. DeAndre Hopkins has been great. But he certainly has that case. And he's with the Buffalo Bills. He's under contract. He's happy as can be. So keep feeding the beast and keep going with that. Now, the other piece that ties to it as well, 
right? I mean, you look at what Diggs is doing. So he's on target right now. If you do the projection, I mean, we're 10 games in. So, I mean, this isn't like, this isn't too much of a stretch, right? You're looking at 117 receptions for 1,450 yards. That's what's up, right? But let's not forget about my man Cole Beasley. And without Cole Beasley on Sunday, the Bills are not in a position to go ahead in that game. The one-handed grab that he made, the Odell Beckham Jr. looking grab, right? I mean, at five foot seven, whatever he is, there is no way in God's creation that he should be making that catch. And Cole Beasley is. And you know what? We're watching the game on Sunday. My wife is like, she, she has adopted Cole Beasley as her favorite player in the world. And she's like, just keep throwing him the ball. He's always open. And it's like, you know what? You are absolutely right. Cole Beasley is able to get open so often. The way that he shook Patrick Peterson on his touchdown reception in the uh, in the second half. Cole Beasley does wonders for the Bills offense. And now you look at it with him, right? I mean, he has certainly had a, a few big games. These last two weeks have been huge for him. Actually, you could say the last three weeks. I mean, you, you really the last two, I'll say, right? So you look at the last two weeks with Cole Beasley. Not, you know, you go through with this, and it's uh, here he's in a situation against Arizona 13 targets, 11 receptions. Um, and I misspoke there, not the last two weeks, but then you look back four weeks ago, the game against the New York Jets, where he has 11 receptions on 12 targets. You know, he's on pace right now for 88 catches this season and going over 1,000 yards receiving. And, you know, you realize with him, maybe it gets buoyed by a few big games. He has a couple, right, like last week against Seattle, only had three targets for 39 yards. Against New England, only got two targets in that game where they only threw 18 times for 24 yards. But then you look at some of his other lines, right, against the Jets, four for 58, five for 70 against Miami, six for 100 against the Rams, six for 53 against Tennessee. I mean, He's consistently putting up numbers, and he's going to be in a position again, right? You look at what where he is at right now with 55 receptions is easily going to top his career high of 75 receptions that he had in 2016 as a member of the Dallas Cowboys and should also top his uh, his high for yards, 833 that same season in 2016. So, you know, Cole Beasley, when the Bills signed him, you knew there was this potential. Um, maybe he's getting a little bit more love and some more targets because, um, you know, John Brown continuing to battle the injuries, which is just tough, man, because John Brown goes out and he plays so hard. And that what should have been that catch on a third and 23. And then he comes down on the angle at uh, the ankle. And I see uh, Larry Fitzgerald out there talking to him, taking a knee to see that he's better. Still waiting for some more information there. I mean, Brown was on the sideline trying to like work through it and work his way back into the game. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, but regardless of what John Brown's statistics are, you know, he's just a difference maker for this team. But anyway, I digress. I'm, just as we were going through what I was trying to say to you guys beforehand, right? Like just a, a, a moment to to gush about Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs, because I think it's easy after a heartbreaking loss to just be disappointed and to focus on that piece. But right now as a Bills fan, I feel good. I wish the defense looked better. Sure. I wish that um, Matt Milano was healthy right now. Um, 
but honestly, like from that standpoint, you you look at this Bills team, you look at how they're able to score points. Winning games is the most important. And but with that being said, to be able to win with and put up some points, like some style points, um, to me, that's just a lot of fun. And it would be easy for me to gush about Josh Allen and everything that he's doing. But today I thought it would just be more appropriate, um, you know, a little bit for Cole Beasley, but more importantly for Stefan Diggs. Um, because damn it, man, he should have been the story after that catch with 34 seconds left on Sunday. But I'm trying not to be too bitter with it, if you couldn't tell. Um, but I just think it's one of those things, right, to try and take away a positive as much as you can. So you guys know me. I try to be positive where I can, realistic as well. And uh, I just always appreciate you guys tuning in. So, you know, I think with that being said, I want you to keep an ear out. I'll be uh, posting on Twitter at Anthem Marino about the Megapod again coming up with Joe Marino. Bruce Nolan and uh, Jay Spence, the King. So that'll be a lot of fun, man. Jay Spence and I, we talk a lot online. Um, we text and whatnot, but we've never actually done a pod together. So this will be the first time. And you guys know, anytime I'm with Bruce and Joe, just uh, we just have a lot of fun. So that'll be good. Keep an eye out for it. And, and again, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're getting all of our shows here at buffalorumblings.com. I appreciate you guys and everything that you do. It's the bye week. But we'll get through it. <laughs> and uh, as always, go Bills. Take care.